Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. The very idea of sex is under attack today. People are becoming confused about the definition of man and the definition of woman. It's getting harder and harder for people to answer the simple question, what is a woman? A very popular documentary was recently released by that title, What is a Woman? God created the sexes, and so we humans have no authority to redefine the sexes. God has already told us what is a man and what is a woman. He has already explained what men and women ought to do. Today, I just want to focus on the woman's role in particular. It oftentimes today is scorned and looked down upon when people discover what the Bible actually says about the woman's role. They often will just cast that aside and say that it's demeaning and it's beneath a woman's dignity. And yet that could not be further from the truth. Notice Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. And the eternal God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. In other words, God was going to make Adam a help suitable for him, a helper. And this is how he did it. Verses 21 and 22. And the eternal God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And God took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the eternal God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. God literally made the woman from the man. Took a rib of Adam and turned it into a woman. And Adam responded beautifully to this. Verses 23 and 24, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Adam treated Eve as he would treat himself because she literally was part of him. He loved her. God invented marriage. He intended for a man and woman to leave their families at the right point in life, join to each other, and then become one. A man and woman getting married and starting their own family 
and working together. The woman as the helper and the complement to the man. It's just an absolutely beautiful creation God did make men and women very different. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, that variety really does make life more interesting. And also that variety is what allows men and women to be complete. Men and women are incomplete without each other. Men and women obviously are very different physically. First Peter chapter three, verse seven calls the woman, the weaker vessel, a man and a woman of the same size generally are not of the same strength because men are built differently, stronger, more dense. Men are stronger physically. That doesn't make the woman weak, but she isn't as strong naturally as the man. But not only are men and women different physically, they're also very different mentally. They think so differently. No matter what society tries to say, men and women think differently. Men think more logically and women think more emotionally. Neither one of those things is necessarily negative, but when a man and a woman come together, they can combine logical and emotional analysis when it comes to making decisions. Their decision-making powers become complete when they are together. A man looks deeper into problems and takes longer to reach a decision, while a woman maybe views the situation on the surface level, reaches a decision faster, but then is a little bit more indecisive about that final decision. And so men and women, when they come together, are complete. Women are capable of making snap decisions. Men are capable of going deeper when that is necessary. Men see the big picture while women see the details. Bring the man and the woman together and they are complete. And all of this is explained in a wonderful article from Mr. Ryan Malone titled Defining the Sexes. These are beautiful differences in the way that men and women think. Men are generally more aggressive. We take more risks while women prioritize security. Bring a man and woman together and they balance aggression with security. They take appropriate risks, but they also make sure that there is safety and stability. Men are more naturally creative in society, in different job fields. 
while women are more creative at home and within the family. Men are a little bit more brutish when it comes to feelings. Women are more sensitive. So men are not quite as easily offended most of the time. But women are more perceptive when it comes to interacting with others and making sure they don't offend others. They understand other people's feelings better than men do. And so when you bring a man and a woman together, the man can help the woman be less easily offended, hopefully, by things that people did not even mean to be offensive. And women can help men be more caring and considerate in interacting with others so that they don't offend others. God created man to love. He created the woman to be loved, as Mr. Malone writes in this article. Just so many beautiful differences between men and women. But not only are men built physically stronger than women, not only do men and women think very differently as well, but they also have different needs. Mr. Malone writes here, a man needs to be admired, respected, and encouraged. He needs honest feedback and appreciation. He needs to be understood for his unique interests, drives, and ambitions. He needs a sense of self-worth. He needs his sister's to be enthusiastic about and responsive to his suggestions and ideas. Meanwhile, as Mr. Malone writes, she needs attention, approval, and sincere compliments. She needs strong personal relationships and to know her opinions are valued. She needs to be loved, respected, and treated with tenderness. She needs comfort, safety, and understanding of her physical limitations. She needs to know that her brothers are watching out for her welfare. Different bodies, different minds, different needs. Men and women are beautifully different. And women are made to be helpers to men, to complement and complete men. Now, that's not just true of marriage, but just in our relationships in general. Women can play a more assistant type of a role and allow men to lead, which is what we were made to do. And nothing really is more satisfying to a man than when women look to him for leadership that is really a way to make a man feel like a man, letting him lead. Women certainly are capable of doing a lot of things for themselves. And yet when you just let a man do some things for you and, and give some guidance and lead from time to time, men truly do value that. Notice this passage about the female role, the role of godly women. 1 Timothy 2, starting in verse 9. In like manner also, that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, 
with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Now, the point there is just to look presentable, to look feminine without showing <laughs> without showing too much skin, without wearing audacious jewelry necessarily. Jewelry is fine, of course. Just, just looking feminine and looking modest at the same time. That's the point. 1 Timothy 2, continuing in verse 10, but which becomes women professing godliness with good works. Verse 11 says, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. Verse 12, but I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man but to be in silence. Now, this is why at church services in God's church, the men do all of the speaking and the preaching. There's nothing wrong with God making it this way. Women learn, men teach. And men also (laughs) learn. But this is just one of the very special differences between women and men. God tasks men with the job of teaching from the Bible at Sabbath services. And this is a principle that we can apply in other areas outside of services as well. It doesn't mean women should be wallflowers and just never saying a word. But women naturally talk more and men naturally talk less. Yet God wants the men to step up and try to lead in conversation and let the women contribute. So basically, we are challenged to do the opposite of what comes naturally when it comes to conversation. The men need to speak a little bit more than they naturally would. The women need to speak a little bit less than they naturally would and let the man guide the conversation, but also be ready to contribute, not just sit there quietly the whole time. But that's just a beautiful thing. God made women to help and to assist men. And God put men in charge. Each each side of that equation has its perks and has its challenges. It's very hard for women to be led, and it's also very hard for men to lead the right way. We, We both have to face our challenges in these areas. Titus 2 has another helpful passage about women. Titus 2, verse, starting in verse 1, we'll go through verse 5. But speak you the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becomes holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, 
teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Now, look at that. Here's a passage that says women can and should teach. Women teach other women how to fulfill their roles, how to live God's way of life, how to serve, how to submit, how to obey, how to contribute as a helper in and outside of marriage. And that's how it is in God's church. Women do teach women when it comes to nutrition and homemaking. They teach college classes here on the campus of Herbert W. Armstrong College in Edmond, Oklahoma. But women teach other women. They're not over the men, just because that's the way that God has set it up. And it does work beautifully when we simply submit to the way that God has set it up. We all have to submit. The men as well. We all come under God's government. But what is wrong with women being discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, loving their husbands, loving their children? I mean, if we're being honest, none of those things are a problem. Those are beautiful aspects of the woman's role. Ephesians 5 gives us some more details about the woman's role. Ephesians 5 verse 21 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So, that applies to men and women. We all submit. Now, obviously, someone has to be in charge. It's not talking about no one being in charge because we're all submitting. But it just means considering others, putting others ahead of ourselves, serving others. We all ought to treat other people. We ought to treat the opposite sex as we would treat Christ himself. We should have some godly fear in the way that we interact with the opposite sex. Treating them as beloved brothers and sisters. Ephesians 5 verse 22 says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Verse 23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Verse 24, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. That's the woman's role. Submission and obedience to her husband. As long as her husband is obeying God. As long as her husband is submitting to Christ. If her husband is not telling her to disobey God, she must obey her husband. But you see the parallel here. The woman is a type of God's church. The man is a type of Jesus Christ. And Christ will marry the church. It's a beautiful parallel. And both roles in that marriage between Christ and the church are extremely important. Women have the advantage of 
living out that wife role, that church role in this coming marriage between Christ and the church. They live that role today. We men have to learn that role even as we are not in that role in our physical marriages. Submission and obedience. Verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. This chapter talks about how men have to love their wives and be willing to die for their wives, treating their wives as if they are part of our own bodies because we are supposed to be one with our wives. Just like Adam said back in Genesis chapter 2 about Eve. So it's sacrificial love being shown by the husband. It's not tyrannical rule. And the woman is just miserably forced to obey everything that the tyrant husband says. That's not how it is at all. It's a complementary role. The man and the woman working together. And as it says in 1 Peter 3 verse 7, they are heirs together of the grace of life. They have different roles, yes, but the same potential in God's family to marry Christ, to be a God being in his family government. Man and woman with the same potential in the future, but with different roles today. Now, yes, women do not teach at church services, but we all can learn a lot from God's word, the Holy Bible. God's word reveals to us God's law, which is the way of life that can be defined by love. It's a loving way of life. The more we look into the Bible and apply what it says, the more naturally we will be able to teach it when that time comes in the future, when God expects us to teach this truth to all mankind. That is how we get our teacher training today. We live God's way, and it becomes just automatic to us to obey God's law and to love God and to love each other and to fulfill our roles in marriage. And in our interactions with the opposite sex, the more we live that, the more easy it becomes, the more second nature it becomes. And then teaching is just basically talking about the way we're already living. So women are learning how to teach simply by fulfilling their roles today. God does have a lot of wonderful instruction for women. You can look at Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, where God says women ought to work hard and be industrious in the home. Women can save their husbands a lot of money. Women can get up early along with their husband to make him breakfast and, send, and spend time with him before he goes off to work. Women obviously are playing a crucial role in the home with the children. And she has to 
the woman has to magnify the husband's voice. She has to uphold the standard that the husband expects, even when he is not there. And she points the children back to the father. Women can learn to sew and cook and clean. They can learn shopping, which is a huge way to spend or, or save a lot of money. They can garden, which is another way to save a lot of money. Ultimately, there will not be male and female in the kingdom of God when we are spirit beings. We are only male and female in this physical life. So we can learn about the marriage between Christ and the church. That's what it's really all about. That's what it points to. And the more passionately we fulfill our roles as men and women today, the more capable we will be of fulfilling our role as the bride of Christ and members of the God family in the future. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.